Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hi. I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and welcome to my podcast, Cleaning Up the Mental Mess, where I share simple and scientific strategies to help you take back control of your mental health and life. In this episode, I interview nutritional therapy practitioner and certified personal trainer, Noelle Tarr, on how diet culture is dangerous and how we can combat the negative effects, how to build sustainable weight loss and fitness habits, how to begin healing body dysmorphia, why we should use clean beauty and skincare products, how toxic skincare can mess up our mental health, and more. But before we begin, I have some exciting news to share. You can now pre-order my new book, Cleaning Up Your Mental Mess. This book really dives into how to use my five simple and scientific steps to reduce anxiety and depression and toxic thinking habits by up to 81%. In this book, I include my most recent clinical trials, how to use the five steps to detox trauma and to detox common toxic thinking habits like overthinking and people-pleasing. I also dispel some common myths, like the idea that it takes 21 days to build a habit. This is my most simple, practical and applicable book yet. The book will be out March 2021, but if you pre-order now, you will get some amazing bonus content like access to an exclusive book club with me, a downloadable workbook, bonus chapters, and more. Just go to cleaningupyourmentalmess.com to pre-order. The link will also be in the show notes. One more note, if you like this podcast and want to know how you can help continue to make episodes possible, please consider leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribing. And keep sharing with friends and family and on social media. Now, on to today's podcast. Noel, I'm so excited to talk to you about such an important topic today. So thank you for coming into the studio. I'm really, really thrilled. We're going to be covering things that are very relevant in this day and age, like orthorexia and healthy makeup and and all kinds of amazing things. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love talking about this stuff. So anytime I can get the message out, I, I love it. No, it's so good. It's so important. Well, let's just start by you telling us a little bit about your background, what's not in your bio, because they've heard your great bio. I mean, wh- why do you do what you do? What keeps you motivated? You know, what's the, tell us something that people don't know about you. So long story short, I actually grew up like a lot of women where I grew up just assuming that you needed to be on a diet and working out. And that was kind of like the thing that women did. You know, I actually never really thought about my body until high school. And I started to kind of gain some normal weight and had some very normal like weight changes, started to get curves. But in my mind, somewhere I had learned, which we can talk about later, but somewhere I had learned that that wasn't 
a good thing. You know, I started getting curves, I started gaining weight or just my shape started changing. And in my perception, I thought I had lost my value and my power and, you know, what made me relevant in society. So I immediately in high school, I think it was like probably about 16 or 17, started doing shakes and started working out. And it started all very innocent and just like, oh, I'm becoming healthier, which really it was more just about weight loss, right? But that's what we tell ourselves. It's like, we're going to get healthier. It's really about weight loss. And so I did that for a few years, got to a point in college where I just became so obsessed with food and my body. And I had a horrible body image. I hated my body. I picked it apart. I saw every little thing as a problem. And I was obsessed with, you know, trying to control my weight and my body. And I remember after I graduated from college, I was getting into, I did a lot of triathlons and I got into CrossFit and, you know, everything was in the name of health and everybody thought I was so healthy and, you know, oh, you're so, you're so determined and you have such good motivation. And it was really actually paralyzing. Like, I felt like there was no other way. How could I get out of this? How could I get out of this mindset of always thinking I needed to, you know, be on a diet and I'm just chasing after the last five to 10 pounds. And then I would restrict, 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 and then end up binging on food because I'd been dieting for so long. You know, like I spent basically most of my adolescence dieting. And I got to this point after college where just, I couldn't control myself around food. And I thought I needed to try to restrict more to help, you know, control myself. And I ended up getting to a point where I did so much damage to my body physically through triathlons and overtraining and all that kind of stuff. I had a moment where I said, Noel, what, who, who are you doing all this for? Like, what's the point? Like, well, who are you doing this for? And if you're doing it for these people who really think you need a six pack, you need, you need a six pack to be sexy or whatever, why do you want to be friends with them anyway? Like, why do you care about their opinion anyway? So it was like this aha moment. And I kind of from there, like just turn it not, it's not as easy as it sounds, but I did make 180 essentially. And over the course of a few years and really developed this completely different relationship with food and fitness, which did not have anything to do. My value, my worth had nothing to do with what my body looked like or how I could control my calories or how much I worked out. Like I, that was not a marker of worth or value to me anymore. And now, you know, I am, that's kind of been my, my mission and my goal. I started, I went to nutritional therapy school and got, I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner. I'm a personal trainer. And so I started, you know, doing the health and fitness thing. And as I started to grow my business, which is coconuts and kettlebells, I decided to really take the direction of like anti-diet. So, you know, like what you know here when you're, when you're talking about nutrition, they're like, wait, what? You don't think dieting, right? But I kind of took that direction and decided, you know, hey, we're going to pursue health and what's right for you, not what some fitness expert who has no knows nothing about you thinks you should be doing. And so that's been my platform is really helping people figure out what's right for them, eating and moving in a way that's right for them mentally, physically, and emotionally. Because if you hate what you're doing, then it's not healthy. You know, if we're not focusing on mental health, when we're talking about these physical changes, it's, it's irrelevant. It doesn't, it doesn't work. That's such a great, you said so many very, very wise things. And I love the fact that you stressed that you were valuing, you were using, um, eating healthy, healthy and doing all the exercise. You were just trying to get healthy, but actually it was masking the underlying thing, which is that you didn't value your body because you didn't think you were thin enough. It was, and for years you almost convinced yourself and how many other people in that position, you know, the work that I've done and, and when I was practicing clinically and just over these years, this is so often, we've got to try and find the real true thought behind what we're doing, the actions. 
actions. And you so clearly said that, that you were doing all these actions, but the thought behind it was that you undervalued yourself. You saw your value in being thin and you don't know where that came from, but we can see that in society. It's 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 been a shift over the last sort of 50 years in society to be, unless you're skinny and you have this perfect body and not an ounce of fat and you have whatever perfect about your body and you're eating this way, that you're not valued. And that's become so entrenched that then it's got so bad over the last few years that it's in younger and younger girls and also guys as well. It's not just girls, it's it's guys too. And we see this in the wellness movement and a lot of the work I do, as you, as you probably aware, is in understanding the, the mind and specifically how the non-conscious mind, how thoughts get entrenched in the non-conscious mind and we're not even always totally aware of what we are, what's driving us. So it's almost as though you society had set up this, not almost as though I think what, it, what you've described is society set up this norm of what is a woman's value based on and you as a young girl absorb that and as you went through normal hormonal changes where your body started getting curves you saw that as something negative so under the guise of I'm going to get healthy you started literally starving yourself eating in a such a, and over exercising and eventually you reached a point where you actually became aware of what was going on you embraced that and you started actually making some choices you changed your thinking you did the hard work of seeing why I was like this why am I doing this what's the thought what's the process and you started making some changes and that was difficult it was hard it took time but you did that so I've just summarized for my listeners and my viewers something that they're very familiar with me teaching this process I teach this process that I've just described all the time but and you've given it as an example so I've tried mm-hmm. to put the two together and it's, it's just yeah. you, you explained it so so fantastically so now what was the you now you let's just quickly jump to the name of your, your company because it's so cute Ket, coconuts and kettlebells so yeah. first of all why that and then let's start off with this danger of this you know this cultural mindset and lots of you know there's so many things we can talk through after that sure yeah coconuts and kettlebells was just a, I I like alliterations and I really enjoyed. I was getting into, I actually started out talking about the paleo diet and more like holistic eating. I actually grew up vegetarian and was very strict vegetarian. And so that was part of my process of like, oh, and nothing against, you know, that's just what my family did. But, you know, I just, that's kind of how I started out and coconut oil. And I used a lot of like skin, I used coconut oil and skincare. I used to make my own skincare products. And so I just loved everything coconut. And I actually have done a lot of training in kettlebell as well. So that's one of my favorite tools. It's an amazing at-home workout tool. Like you can just buy a couple kettlebells and do a ton of workouts. A lot of the programs that I do, fitness programs and stuff are all centered around kettlebells. So that was just kind of a fun alliteration. And it's for, for years. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely. It's lovely. And it's also, it's it's good. Two good things. And that's great because you've got a lot of workouts on your site as well that people can yes. get access to. And we'll put your link in the show notes and we'll talk more about that at the end as well. Okay. So now let's come back to the dangers of a diet culture and the dangers for our mental and physical health. Now you've told your story, but can you just go a little bit deeper in terms Absolutely. of this diet culture? Yeah. So diet culture is the pervasive belief in our culture and especially in the health and fitness industry or which we call wellness culture is that it is better to be smaller and thinner in other words you know diet culture assumes that your value and your worth is in your weight or your shape or your pant size or your ability to control it so we kind of give this like value to women who are able to control it right we how many times have you said that to some other people in, in your life like oh what you look so good what are you doing oh you're so good you know we give we, we give people morality for how their their ability to control their food or their fitness you said something very relevant there i don't want to interrupt i don't mean to interrupt huh. you but you said something that we've given morality to physical so we've associated good with thin. So there's a, so it's a skewed relationship. 
What's another part of diet culture that's really important in terms of morality is like we give morality to food. So we say that these foods are good and these foods are bad. And therefore, you know, when we give that designation, we're basically saying if you eat these certain foods, you're a bad person. And if you eat these other foods, you're a good person. So all of that is tied up into diet culture as well. So kind of some examples of what that might look like is, you know, there's a 30-day fitness program that's marketed as which this is pretty common in the fitness industry, a way to, you know, flatten your belly or blast your love handles or whatever. So, so basically what that marketing is doing, whether you know it or not, it's convincing you that your body is a problem. Something on your body is a problem. Like, oh my gosh, you have, you have fat on your, on your hips, like crazy, which by the way, all women do, it's normal. Like, gosh, you should, you should fix that. No, but don't worry. We have the solution to fix it. You're only, you're going to fix it in 30 days. Nowhere did you see mention of health or anything or like enjoyment or mental health, nothing. It's just talking solely about the love handle. So convincing you again, your body is a problem, which by the way, I think the fitness industry is really focused almost a hundred percent. The next time you see something marketed fitness wise, you will see it's mostly focused on weight loss. We have completely lost what the most important aspect of fitness is which is mental health. Like there are, when you look at studies, when you look at studies, it's incredible what just exercise can do for your yeah, health. Yeah, for your brain and mental health and your body. It's just everything. It's got such a, you're quite right. They've shifted the focus from mental health to pure, get the love handles off. Yes. Yeah. And which makes it awful, right? Now we're doing things that we hate. We're solely focused on our love handles. And then if those love handles, inevitably, when they don't go away after 30 days, we'd say we don't like fitness. It's what's not for us. It doesn't work. So then we just write it off completely. And another example. So to focus more on the diet industry would be like, you know, there's a special shake. And this is, this is another problem that especially in the next, the last five years, people are understanding that there's this change happening where we're seeing a lot more body positivity. So they'll actually use body positivity to sell you something. So they'll say, you know, this shake, you know, use our shake and burn fat and finally love your body. So the underlying assumption there is that again, you need to be smaller to love and accept yourself. You cannot love your body until you have our shake and smaller. So to be worthy of love and all those things, we have a shake. It's going to help you do that. So it's this hyper focus on controlling size and almost completely ignoring somebody's well-being and holistic health. And we've sort of degraded people down into their appearance, right? Their weight. So for one of the things that you can really see this underlying belief system is that health is a destination or loving your body is a destination. Like you, you will reach it once you do X, Y, and Z, you will reach health once you're finally. And if you don't, and if you don't do this shake or this exercise program, you won't get it. And then you're not good. That's the kind of underlying message, the non-conscious message that's everywhere. It's pervasive. Yeah. And I will tell you firsthand that when you reach these size or when you reach that size, like if you're chasing after those last 10 pounds, when you reach that size, the problems are still going to be there. You're still not going to like yourself. You're still, and like, if you, when you do, if you ever reach that weight, right, weight is bleeding. Women's hormones fluctuate, our weight fluctuates, all that's so normal. But diet culture has kind of told us like, you should not fluctuate. You need to be in control 100% of the time. Like, think of how much changes in our lives. Like, we have babies. We don't have babies. We work out. We have periods of a ton of stress where we're working a lot. We lose, you know, we, if people die in our lives, like, our, our stress levels are all over the place. We really think that 
our body should should not change, but but our lives do. So fluctuations have sort of been demonized, and we've given health and like loving your body and all these things like positions on a timeline where you reach it and then it's done, which is totally not the case at all. While learning mind management techniques is vital to cleaning up your mental mess, there are some other things you can do to help aid your healing journey. One thing you can do is incorporate CBD products. Recently, I have been feeling high levels of anxiety due to the current crisis and trying to finish a book on a tight deadline. So I knew I needed some extra help on managing stress and worry, and that's why I use Feels Premium CBD. Feels naturally helps reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness, and has really made the world of difference in my life during this extra stressful time. I love how easy Feels is. You just place a few drops of Feels under your tongue and feel the difference within minutes. New to CBD? Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. Join the Feels community to get Feels delivered to your door every month. You'll save money on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. Feels has me feeling my best every day and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash drleaf and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash Dr. Leaf to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash Dr. Leaf. The link and offer details will also be in the show notes. You're so right. And there's so many cases, well, I'd say the majority of cases, and I don't want to jump out of it. I mean, I've written a lot on thinking, on eating and thinking and eating yourself smarter, but a book called that. But a lot of these people, when they reach, you said it, you actually said it, when they reach this ideal goal, they've stressed their body out so much. You said you did that yourself as well, that you that, that the happiness that you thought you would have from being now this ideal weight is not there because you've stressed out your body so much from the over-exercising and the under-eating or whatever, eating plan, yeah. diet, whatever, that you now mentally, your, your brain's not functioning properly because your hormones are not functioning properly. So now the happiness you expected, it doesn't exist. So now you think there's something else wrong with you and you get told yeah. by a doctor, you now have some other kind of disorder. You've got an anxiety disorder and that's not even a, that's not even a real thing. You know, it's, yeah. just a, it's just a response of our body. It's, it's, it's real enough. I mean, when I say not a real thing, it's not an illness. It's not a disease. It's a real thing in, in the sense that it's a feeling that you have and it's, it's a huge part of your mind and it's 99%. But it's not that it's now suddenly you have another thing wrong with you. It is a response to, a situation mm-hmm. you know and it gets so distorted so there's such a lot of false narratives out there in terms of you've got to you're, as you say you've got to be small and tiny that's unless you, then you, you're not valued do this wonderful magic thing and you will be happy you get there but you've destroyed your body in the process and your mind and now you're not you yeah. know then you then you've got to keep it there so I, I love what you're saying it's a it's so important and so freeing as well so there's a lot of wellness trends that that are quite scary so what are the ones you are worried about and are there any that you're not worried about <laughs> are there any that are good? <laughs> well, I think honestly, I'm, I don't want to pick on any one trend. I will just say that it is scary to me when somebody feels like they should be doing something because somebody that they don't know that some expert or some celebrity said that they should be doing it. And so people, what I've seen, especially with more extreme approaches, and let me be honest, like I love, I wrote a book, I have a low carb plan. I have a higher carb plan in my book where You know, I want people to, if you feel better eating lower carb, awesome, do that. If you feel better eating more carbs, like do that as well. And I give some 
some clarity on like where that, like if you're doing a lot of high intensity exercise in CrossFit, you need to be eating more carbs. So, but, but what has happened is a lot of women will jump on keto or they'll jump on, you know, intermittent fasting, which has its place and has some positive research, but they'll keep pushing themselves into the hole. And when it doesn't work, they keep, they just try to do it harder. And then they go to the message boards and they say, this isn't working for me. I have no energy. My, you know, my performance is dropping. What should I do? And they say, well, are you sure you're doing it right? Like, make sure you're doing it. Gosh, and then they do it even more intensively. Exactly. So then it becomes, it becomes more and more of a problem. Some women do not do well on keto. Some women don't do well with low carb diets, especially women who are, have a cycle and they, they have, you know, they want their fertility. I always recommend like err on the side of more carbs than not, you know, not to say that going low carb or you can't be doing intermittent fasting while you're trying to get pregnant. A lot of, for a lot of women that improves insulin sensitivity, but for a lot of women who are healthy and working out a lot, like that can just drive them deeper into hormonal like imbalance. And so, and actually be more stress on their body. So for a lot of women, especially those who have done dieting over and over and over again, one of the things that I don't think people realize is that when you're dieting, when you're eating low calorie, you're also eating low nutrients. So what you're doing is setting yourself up for nutrient deficiencies. And when we have those nutrient deficiencies, it's no wonder that our bodies start to act funky. You know, we're slowing down our metabolism, we're eating less nutrients than our body needs. And so that means we're not going to have the nutrients we need to do proper bodily functions. Our endocrine system is going to be impacted. Our digestive system is going to be impacted. So many things are going to be negatively impacted. And so when we try to add food back in, it can be a, a pretty problematic and people can feel stuck. And so you have to eat enough. You have to eat sufficient <laughs> calories, especially if you're, if you're moving and working out. And I, I hate the advice of, eat less and exercise more because I think it actually drives women deeper into, into that hole. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And I'm not saying I, you know, I think it's it, intentional being intentional with your food and looking at food quality. And of course, I mean, I'm a personal trainer working out. Yeah, absolutely. But we studies show that, that exercise improves your health, your mental health, your physical health, your, your physiology, your, your metabolic function, whether you lose weight or not. So simply pursuing you know, health with the food that you eat and the fitness that you do will set you up for success. When you chase after something that is being told that you should be doing, and it's usually a focus on weight loss, right? It's usually this underlying root assumption that your weight is wrong and that you need to lose more. Then we just start, I I cannot tell you how many women I see on the bottom end of this that say, like, I feel I used to be healthy and then I started dieting and now I'm not like, I, how do I get out of this? So yeah, that's no, I'm so glad. I'm so glad you said that because that's a message that, that I believe is the right message. And it's a message that I've always said is that it's not, don't follow a rule. I, there's, I said there's one rule for eating and that's eat real food mindfully. So it's eat what re- real food, find what works for you. And you're saying the same thing. It's by individuality work. Some of you low carb, some high carb, but make sure it's decent real food. So you get good nutrients and make sure that your mind's behind the game as opposed to diet, because it's, it's all that extreme restriction. It's all, it makes it all exercise and eating, which should be a, tremendous joy in our lives becomes a negative thing with this restrictive mentality so that let's pivot straight from there into the concept of orthorexia people are familiar with anorexia knowing that knowing that that's when people don't eat enough and so on but let's talk about orthorexia because that's really an issue currently it is and i 
I think it's especially inflamed by social media. You know, we get to see everybody's pictures of their plate now and we see everybody, women distort their bodies in a specific way so that it looks perfect on social media. So it's just heightens that obsession and orthorexia is simply, it is an eating disorder. It's a classified eating disorder that involves an unhealthy obsession with healthy eating. So it's not just, oh, I love kale or, oh, I really love, I feel really good following this approach. So I'm just going to hashtag all my food paleo or whatever. And I think some people get defensive if they start, well, orthorexia, that's not a real thing. That's just eating healthy. And it's really, it's not. So it's taking that to the next level. It's being completely consumed with the number of almonds you eat, like counting out the number of almonds. It's feeling paralyzed because you accidentally, you know, ate too many grams of fat or, you know, it's not going out to restaurants or or eating with friends because you can only eat food that's cooked in olive oil, you know, being very specific about how something is prepared. So it's basically this hyper obsession with strict rules and safe eating. And it, Uh, It truly, I think, is one of those eating disorders that gets underdiagnosed because a lot of us praise those behaviors. A lot of of us, some of times they go under noted, like they don't go noted. People don't notice them, but it's also something that we praise. You know, we say, oh, you're so good. Like I talked about before, you know, or you're so good or you look so good. And oh man, I wish I had your motivation. And so we just look at it as these people doing really great things were really like I was talking about with me. I personally experienced this. I was absolutely paralyzed and I wanted out of it. I wanted to stop being obsessed, but I felt like every time I tried to get out of it, I, then I, I was, I, you know, I lost control. And so how, how else there is no way. I really Where did you find no the way. balance. So how did you find that balance? I think what the main thing, and this is what I'd recommend to anybody who's just kind of stuck in this mindset is you have to you have to be able to undo this because I believe what was at the root of it was this underlying foundation that I had unconsciously, you know, learned growing up, which is your, your worth is in your weight. The most important thing is your weight. The most important thing is how much you work out. And so that puts you on a pedestal if you can focus on all of that. And so you really have to undo a lot of these damaging beliefs of of diet culture and rebuild new conversations. So we have to be able to understand that you can be healthy at a variety of weights, like shocking. You can be healthy at a variety of weights. If you lose those last 10 pounds, you're not going to be any more healthier than you are right now. Because let me tell you what the obsession with those last 10 pounds is usually 10 pounds that we don't really need to lose. We're perfectly healthy with that weight on our body. It's normal body fat, right? We get into this obsession and we start to do things that are unhealthy, like crash dieting, like over-exercising, like shakes, like nutrition bars. We eat more processed food in order to get ourselves to this point. So we believe that we call it health, but we pursue it because we just really want to, lo- we've been told we need to lose those last 10 pounds. We need to get to a size, whatever it is, you know, when we were children in college and to have the stress of life, we focus on that. And so it takes really learning. And for me, it was basically unlearning everything that I had learned and rebuilding a new foundation and understanding where my worth lied, where my value lied, which for me, you know, it's in God, it's in Christ. It's not in 
what I'm eating, you know, having a new conversation around that, understanding that I can be healthy at a variety of weights. And one of the mistakes that people make when really pursuing goals like this is they, they really use the scale as a marker. But one of the things that, you know, it's throw the scales out. (laughs) Yeah. Throw the scales out. I mean, basically you're using a number that's kind of arbitrary that fluctuates. It's totally normal to fluctuate to assess your worth and Yes, your value, your success, what, are your, what if what you're doing is working? So there are so many other markers that you can use when we're focusing on health. You know, how is your sleep? Are you feeling anxious today? Are you, what's your energy like? Maybe you should take a blood test and see, you know, look, check at, at inflammatory markers. If you're feeling awesome and like the changes you've made are like helping you in that way, maybe you did gain three, four, five pounds in the process totally fine, but your biomarkers have gotten better. Your anxiety's gotten better. Your sleep's gotten better. That is a healthier, that means your health has improved. Even if the number on the scale went in a direction that you didn't think it should go in. And so we have to take this focus off of our weight in the scale and put it back on what is going to serve me physically, mentally, and emotionally. And once I was able to understand that and also understand that like, you know, it's, it's not, it's, fine to be, to not lose those last 10 pounds and to focus on all these other wonderful things in life and not to treat health is not a destination, you know, loving your body, quote unquote, you don't even, you don't actually need to love your body. It's your weight is your life. Isn't about your body. That's the freeing thing, right? Here's a quick mental self-care tip that is guaranteed to lift your mood. Celebrate the little wins and beauties in life. Look for them and savor them. For example, today, my husband, Mac, brought home a delicious hot loaf of my favorite organic bread, and it was just delicious. It was so good. We didn't even cut it. We just broke some pieces off and loaded it with grass-fed butter and savored the moment together with big smiles on our faces. Cheers to those fizzy feel-good moments that make your whole day with Hazar, a probiotic seltzer with benefits. Hazar is your new favorite seltzer, with added probiotics and three grams of sugar or less. Drink to your health, your gut health that is, with probiotics to support a healthy gut. Hazar contains added probiotics to support healthy digestion. Each flavor is non-perishable and can be stored at room temperature, but is delicious and refreshing when served cold. Hazar has a delicious full flavored taste and three grams of sugar or less per 12 ounce can. My favorite is the strawberry and hibiscus, but all the flavors are amazing. Stock up on Hazard Probiotic Seltzer by using the code DRLEAF for 20% off your order at drinkhazard.com. That's the code DRLEAF for 20% off at drinkhuzzah.com. The link will be in the show notes. That's the body dysmorphia issue right. as well. Negative body image, body dysmorphia, because you go, if you say love your body, it's kind of defined. Well, you tell someone that they measuring their body against something that they're seeing on social media all the time or in the current yeah. culture. So it's not actually the best thing because, oh, I can't love my body because I don't look like that. Exactly. So it's, it's a mix, message that comes with a lot of mixed feelings. So it's more like accepting who you are, accepting health as your goal, the bio individuality of you as a person, if I'm hearing you say correctly, and what you were saying as well in terms 
terms of your shift, it came from when you had to actually look, you, you saw what you saw your behaviors and you had to find what was driving the behavior. And mm-hmm. then that led down to the thinking, the thought patterns, the thinking and feeling and choosing in your unconscious mind. And you literally had to bring that up and completely rewire it. So you looked at the signals and, and I'm so glad you've described it like that because I have an app called Switch. And, and in that, this based on my years of neuroscientific work, teaching people how to deal with issues, whatever it may be, this uh, body dysmorphia or um, orthorexia or anorexia or mind, it, whatever it may be of uh, anxiety, there's a mil- million things that can go wrong. And it's the, the fundamental principles, if you want to get your mind to change your brain or what you've just described, you're going to have to look at your behavior as a signal that there's something going on. So I'm so glad you explained that. I want to just pivot over to the fact that let's talk a little bit about the fact that you also, you also have a beauty counter, talking yeah. about natural skincare and makeup and why that's important as well in terms terms of what is like skincare in general can be quite problematic. And I don't think people realize how problematic that can be. Could you talk just a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things, so I started working with a lot of women and I'm very passionate about hormonal health and proper hormonal function and hormonal balance. And one of the things that obviously impacts hormones tremendously is cortisol and chronic cortisol. So that's one facet. But the other facet, which I find that really impacts women is our exposure to harmful ingredients, specifically things that are hormone disruptors. And so we can be exposed to hormone disruptors. In other words, chemicals, which everything's a chemical, but these would be specifically harmful chem- chemicals, chemicals with known negative impacts on the body that when you put them on your skin or when you're exposed to them, they're actually absorbed into your bloodstream And with the case of some ingredients like chemical UV filters with sunscreens, they actually stay in your bloodstream and can be detected for, I think it was up to four weeks. They just did a study in April of this year, which is 2020. And that is astounding. That's astounding. So we're putting things on our body and it's also can be found in like cleaning products that we use as well. And that is going to, that directly impacts our hormone function. So these these harmful ingredients, endocrine disruptors, can basically act as estrogen in our bodies and respond with estrogen receptors. And when that happens, we can definitely start to experience hormonal imbalance. We can experience something, so, some things like estrogen dominance. That's a that's pr- a pretty popular hormonal imbalance that a lot of that can lead to a lot of negative health issues that women want to solve. And truthfully, I think the number one thing that women need to do, especially like just moving forward, like you're going to be exposed to skincare products, to cleaning products daily, (laughs) daily. So start now making sure that all of your stuff doesn't have, yes, clean beauty and clean, what we call cleaning products, but essentially they're pretty widely available now. I actually work a company called Beauty Counter, and we specifically recognize the issues with hormone disruptors and carcinogens and how that can even play into hormonal balance, but also things like birth defects. Like some of these ingredients are connected to birth defects. And it, that's when it hit me was when I was pregnant with my, my first child, my daughter. And that's when I was like, whoa, like, no, thank you. And so I just slowly started switching everything out. Beauty Counter in particular also tests raw materials. So the ingredients that they use to make a product and end products. So the final product after it's been formulated, because actually heavy metals can contaminate 
products through the manufacturing process. So they have a whole process for testing for heavy metals, raw ingredients and end products, which can also act as xenoestrogens. So things like aluminum and mercury and all that kind of stuff, lead in particular, is really a popular contaminant, especially in color cosmetics. So things like lipstick. This is going to be shocking to you, but the FDA has only set recommended limits for contaminants. They do not require companies to test for heavy metals in any way, shape, or form. So they actually did a few years back, they did like a random, well, let's just see if they're, and they found over 400 different types of lipstick. And these are from very popular brands were contaminated with lead, had detectable lead in them, trace, trace amounts of lead. And so again, this is stuff we're putting on our body every single day. So we have to choose companies that are willingly testing for heavy metals and do not choose to not, even though the regulation is not there, like companies can put known endocrine disruptors in their products, not a problem. Choosing not to include that stuff, choosing cleaner formulations. So that's another big aspect of kind of like what I'm doing moving forward because hormones are everything for women. Well, they are. And they, the, you know, they, they so related to, to brain and body health. They, the, if your hormones break down, everything else breaks down. This is, and I'm so glad you're talking about this because this is something I've been speaking about for over 20 years. And when I first started telling people, you know, use clean products and I only use clean products and as much as I can control it, because obviously when you're traveling, you can't control everything. You know, it was seen as crazy back in the day, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even, and even today, a lot of people think, oh, really? Is it really such an issue? And that's why I wanted to touch on this really is an issue it really does mess with your estrogen and 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 not all the whole hormone cycle which will affect how the brain functions and everything so i'm really glad that you mentioned that and that there are options there's so many clean options out there and yes you may pay a little bit more whatever but it's so worthwhile so how can people find out more about you and about the what you do and then also about these clean options can you just tell everyone where they can get hold of you yeah so i have my own podcast it's called well-fed women and we really talk about this stuff extensively and my website's coconutsandkettlebells.com and I do a lot of stuff on Instagram daily. So that's coconuts and kettlebells. So Wonderful. So people can learn a lot. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll put those notes, we'll put those links in the show notes and people can definitely dive in and find out more and then take everything that you've said to heart because it's very, very important, relevant information. You kind of have freed people, I believe, today a lot in helping them recognize that you don't need to be restricted in your diet. You should be not thinking of diets and exercise as punitive and restrictive, but rather as health. What can I do to exercise for my health, mental, physical? How can I eat for my health? How can I use skin products and cleaning products for my health. So thank you so much. It's been so informative and so important. Thank you. Thank you. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, 
I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.